is back to school for millions of pupils in England and Wales, but will new, more relaxed COVID measures make the grade against fears of a virus spike? Hello and welcome to this podcast produced by the Northern Region of the University and College Union. My name's John Bryan and coming up in this episode, we've got commentary on the sacking of the Education Secretary, Gavin Williamson. We've got news of the dispute in further education on pay. We've got the survey by Newcastle University UCU on workload. And we've also got the national campaign backed by the TUC that UCU has launched on the three-day weekend. But before we go into some of the local, regional and national campaigns that the union's involved in, here's an extract from a speech by Joe Grady, two members and representatives of the union, reflecting back on the pandemic and the issues that we face in the future. I actually really want to um, start by praising the work of no doubt many people in this meeting already, um, the officers, uh, the staff and the reps who have literally um, been saving lives during this pandemic. Um, we know that a lot of, um, of our managers, a lot of vice chancellors um, took reckless decisions this time last year. We saw and many of us had to deal with the disastrous consequences unfold. Anybody who was kept safe during this pandemic, whether it was you know, yourself, your colleagues or your students, was down to the hard work uh, of, of this union and its members. So um, I really wanted to start with praising that because um, we've got through this together. That Gavin Williamson, the Education Secretary, is leaving that post. He's just tweeted... It has been a privilege to serve as Education Secretary since 2019. Despite the challenges of the global pandemic, I'm particularly proud of the transformational reforms I've led in post-16 education, in further education colleges, our skills agenda, apprenticeships and more. This programme will create better life opportunities for pupils and students for many years to come. I look forward to continuing to support the Prime Minister and the government. Now, that's a really interesting one because that tweet sounds to me... As like he's out. He's like he's out he's completely. Education Secretary Gavin Williamson failed to make the grade, leaving government after presiding over a chaotic period for school children during the pandemic. So this week we saw Gavin Williamson lose his post as Secretary of State for Education, something which came as no surprise to pretty much anyone who had followed anything to do with the education system over the last couple of years. Commenting on his sacking, the UCU General Secretary Joe Grady said... Gavin Williamson will be remembered by university and college staff as a disastrous Secretary of State who caused deep and lasting damage. Throughout his time, Williamson has pursued an agenda that attempted to undermine the purpose of education, most recently choosing to slash arts and humanities funding in half and to extend the marketised debt fueled loan model to our colleges. The next Secretary of State for Education has an opportunity to build a new relationship with the staff and students in our universities and colleges, but they must commit to repairing the damage that has been done by Gavin Williamson, said Joe Grady. Now, strikes are set to begin this month at 13 further education colleges in a row over pay. 
UCU members at 13 colleges across England are walking out from Tuesday the 28th of September for up to 10 days as the union warns of further strikes. The AOC, the employer body, offered just 1% pay rise to staff and the gap between college and school teachers currently stands at around £9,000. Up to 10 days strike action will begin this month after college management refused to meet UCU's pay demands. UCU members have a mandate for further action and the union said that more waves of strike are on the cards if the employer refuses to meet our pay claim. And it's not just the university and college union who are unhappy about the offer of 1% on pay. The offer has been condemned, not just by UCU, but also by Unite the Union, Unison, GMB and the National Education Union. UCU is demanding a pay ease of greater than 5% in an effort to close the school-college pay gap after more than a decade of below-inflation FE pay increases. Joe Grady, the General Secretary of UCU, said college staff are angry at having had their pay held down whilst workloads increase. They've now had their pay cut by over 30% in real terms over the past decade. This derisory 1% pay offer is another real-term cut. It is completely unacceptable and is especially insulting after staff have worked so hard throughout the COVID pandemic. College leaders urgently need to come to the negotiating table if they want to avoid facing sustained strike action and severe disruption over the next few months. Early this month, the UCU branch at Newcastle University released its survey on workload. The report was covered both by BBC News and by the Evening Chronicle. Staff at Newcastle University said that they were facing an unmanageable workload with women suffering the most. The report by UCU branch surveyed 429 people between February and April. Now, while the university said it was bolstering services to help employees' mental health and well-being and urged anyone who was struggling to seek help, the survey from UCU said 78% of staff found their workload unmanageable at least half of the time and that people were working 20% longer than their expected hours. More than half of women said their workload had been unmanageable most or all of the time. Sarah Campbell a history lecturer and UCU branch equality officer, said workloads had been made worse by the pandemic as staff had tried to cope with the demands of delivering online teaching. She said, we just don't have the resources for anyone to be on sick leave. We don't have any new staff coming in to help with the extra workload. Everyone is at 100% workload or more. If someone goes off, we have no way to deal with that and people will be off this term with stress and with COVID. The UCU branch has called for a radical and bold recovery plan for the university to address the impact of the pandemic on its staff. Dr Campbell said, at the moment, it seems that the university are more concerned with university rankings and staff well-being may well be the collateral damage of the pandemic.
Now, earlier this week, workers came together to debate motions at the TUC Annual Congress. One of the motions demanded a three-day weekend. UCU, which brought the motion, said that calls for a three-day weekend echo worker demands in the 19th century for eight hours for work, eight hours for rest, eight hours for what we will, and that after the sacrifices workers have made during the COVID pandemic, the time had come to demand an extension to the weekend. The motion was passed and commits the TUC to launching a public campaign for the three-day weekend alongside a programme of political lobbying. Here's Joe Grady, the General Secretary of UCU, moving the motion. Um, Thank you, Congress, and good morning, everyone. I am really proud today to be moving UCU's motion for a three-day weekend. Um, Improving the pay and conditions of our members is the bread and butter of trade unionism. We fight for the security and the dignity of our members at work, often against exploitative bosses and within an economic system reliant on relations of domination. One of the most obvious manifestations of that domination is the control of workers' time by employers. Freedom from work has long been a crucial cause for trade unions, and over the last century, through our collective struggle, We have fought and won more leisure time, and we should be incredibly proud of what we have achieved. The the weekend, the eight-hour day, and the right to paid holidays. Yet, far too little progress has been made since we have had these victories. Working hours in the UK are amongst the highest in Europe, and they increased further during the pandemic, with people working from home, putting in an average of six hours unpaid overtime every week. This corrosive culture leaves workers exhausted, too tired to enjoy their free time or build quality new memories with their friends and their families. It is little wonder that living like this is associated with worsening physical and mental health. And it is in this context that reducing the working week has recently shot back up the agenda. Recent polling shows that 63% of the British public support a four-day working week with no loss of pay, while 64% want Boris Johnson to pilot it. This comes after successful trials in Iceland and the Scottish Government following Spain in announcing they are to launch their own. UCU's motion, supported by the CWU, isn't about replacing the four-day week campaign, which has done incredible work. It is about strengthening the push for more free time for working people by giving our movement a renewed demand. The demand is for longer periods of time where freedom from the domination of employers is sustained and uninterrupted. Additional whole days off work as a standard, not just late afternoons. Um, That's why the weekend and specifically pushing for its extension is important in its own right. We also believe there is a clear political advantage to raising the demand for a three-day weekend alongside a four-day week. A four-day week implies freedom from work, but it's during a three-day weekend 
that such freedom could be exercised to the fullest. Demanding the latter shows what we want freedom for, not just what we want freedom from. That enables our case to be made in a more positive and propositional terms. The three-day weekend echoes calls by workers in the 19th century who demanded eight hours for work, eight hours for rest, and eight hours for what we will. They insisted that less time must be spent on the job, but they also insisted on the truly radical idea that underpinned the movement was that workers should be able to determine how their lives are organised and how their time is spent. Facing the challenges of climate catastrophe and automation, there has never been a better or more urgent time for the whole trade union movement to organise together and to extend the realm of freedom, to win the three-day weekend and to claim our lives back. I move this motion and thank you very much, Congress. Now, in other news about the TUC, Liz Blackshaw has been appointed as the Northern Regional Secretary of the TUC. Liz Blackshaw will become the TUC's senior officer in the northeast East Cumbria after taking over from Beth Farhat, who has joined the National Education Union. Liz is currently the Director of Global Campaigns at the International Transport Workers' Federation. She is rejoining the TUC, where she was previously the director of the Organising Academy, as well as having held a number of union roles in the North East. Liz said, It's great to be back at the TUC at this crucial time. I'm determined to do all that I can to support working people in this region as we emerge from the pandemic. We have an immediate and urgent need to protect jobs and livelihoods and to ensure ministers deliver on their promises to build back better. Congratulations to Liz on her new role and best of luck for the future. Thanks for listening to this episode. We do hope that you've enjoyed the content. Please don't forget to like, favourite, subscribe, follow this podcast in whichever app you use and leave us a review. It helps other people to find the show. Please also share this on social media and tell other people about this podcast. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Mm-hmm.